Hi folks, I'm Alan Watt and this is Cutting Through the Matrix on December the 8th, 2011. For newcomers, help yourself to the website cuttingthroughmatrix.com. You'll find other sites listed on there. That These are the official sites. They all carry audios, hundreds of audios for free download of talks I've given over the years. And if you see Alan Watt Sentient, sentinel.eu there, you can find transcripts for downloading other languages apart from English, and all the other sites carry them in English as well for print-up. So help yourself to the site. Remember, too, you are the audience that bring me to you, so you can help support me by buying the books and discs I have at cuttingthroughthematrix.com. And from the U.S. to Canada, remember, you can order, ordinate using a personal check or an international postal money order, or you can use PayPal, and you'll find it on the, the com site how to do that. And across the world, Western Union, MoneyGram, and again, PayPal is good enough. Plus, as I say, donations are really, really welcome. Now, what I try and do on broadcast is simply chronicle. That's all we're doing is chronicle, chronicling the changes that we're going through and giving you the information as to how these changes came to be. Nothing on any large scale happens in the world without, it's not just prior knowledge, it's actually planning. Lots of planning, very early planning, and most of the planning that we've seen in the past to do with global warming changes, carbon taxes, the globalist society, have been planned an awful long time ago, as much as a 100 years ago they were printing books on the globalist system, including how they would merge Canada and the U.S. together, Pan-Americanism, they called it at that time and how they've never given up on the idea, and they've steadily been working, the big bankers, that is, to bring the world into their new world order. And that tallies with Rockefeller's statement when he said that, when he was thanking the press for not mentioning uh, his role and his organization's role, the Council on Foreign Relations' role, and guiding all U.S. policy for about 40, 50 years, he says. He said, we've never done it without your silence. That was the media. But he also said it's far better that bankers and experts uh, run the world and guide the world and make the policies rather than leaving it to the sovereign, basically the sovereign independence of of nations. And so uh, that's how he basically phrased it, to paraphrase it. But anyway, we're we're living through massive uh, changes. It's also cultural, social changes as well, because that's all part of it too. All the revolutions that you went through through the 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, uh, the sexual revolutions and uh, various other revolutions are bloodless, fairly bloodless, but it's all to do with changing society into this great society where basically um, you have to be hedonistic and uh, narcissistic. And in that way, of course, you won't marry or be able to settle with a person. You won't have children and the population just plummets. That's happened already. And most people, even in their 60s, are trying to look like something on music television. It's utterly ridiculous, but it has worked very, very well. That is just basic fact. So people don't mature anymore, and uh, they basically dance and boogie to their graves. So you're living through planned changes across the whole world. They had meetings back in the 60s to say who would give the culture to the world, a world society, 
and they held the meetings in London, England with the Royal Institute of International Affairs, with the American branches and different world departments, branches across the whole planet. And they decided that they would leave it to Hollywood, so they'd be given instructions on how to debase society. It's worked awfully well, I must admit, because I've seen a lot of these changes, lived through them and watched it all happen, and it's still ongoing today. Even the gender, uh, it's not the gender wars, now it's gender identity wars too. All that was discussed a long time ago as well. The more you can fragment society from a normal, a normal group that's been there for thousands of years, the more you can fragment it, make them into schisms, and they all fight each other, then the more one authority over the top of them can dominate them all. Very simple. Same happened with the Protestant churches. There's thousands of branches now that can't get on with each other. Back with more after this break. Hi folks, I'm back, cutting through the matrix. And I've talked before about how this climate change nonsense was to become the big, big stick to get everybody into line, every individual into line across the whole world, where they could charge you energy taxes and really bring you into austerity where your extra pocket money would go off to pay fees and fines and taxes. And and you wouldn't have that uh, extra cash because you were to go into a a post-consumerist society, all planned again by the big boys same boys who run the world, and they do run the world. Every country is really a fascist country. It doesn't matter if it was communist, because the same boys would be in charge of it. That's already been proven in the Soviet Union. But uh, it's, it's one agenda, one massive, powerful agenda. And, of course, there's a lot in common, a lot more than meets the eye. Sometimes it's very obvious, in common with the people who rule the world. They, are, they have links, definite links to each other, if you care to look at it. But... All that is is really a detective story. You see what they have in common and take it from there. And then you realize, yeah, there is a conspiracy, a conspiracy uh, to take the planet over and administer it in a technocratic form where experts rule you. And Bertrand Russell made no bones about it. He attended all these think tanks. He knew the Vienna group who came over to become the Macy group in the U.S. at the end of World War II. And he worked with them and other groups as well. Uh, at the behest of the U.S. president, and his task was to so alter, radically alter the American culture uh, that basically any thoughts of it becoming a fascist state would be totally gone forever. However, they actually made it more so of a fascist state because all all systems which are totalitarian are fascist by nature anyway. Really, they really are. There's no difference between them. So. Uh, he worked with them, as I say, and uh, he, he talked about really dis- dissolving the family unit. They took all the Marxist plans and, and put them into action, funded all the student groups, put all the professors, the right professors in place in universities to radicalize students. Still are, still are doing it today, and uh, it's been awfully successful. And now no one can get on with anyone else. And, of course, that generation will just get older and perish without having any children. And that's part of the agenda, depopulation and so on. So we've lived through a lot of these changes, and it's still going on, of course. But they really, really hoped, as I say, through all the hype and massive lying propaganda about global warming and uh, man-made global warming, that uh, they could put us under with a new type of economy, 
that they would both profit the banks themselves with a new commodity to exchange this invisible CO2 and uh, at the same time keep us under their control and, and teach all the children to save the planet by not eating, breathing and buying anything, basically. And it's got a lot of, there's a lot of fundamental radicals in there too, real zealots who are radicalized, totally radicalized, and they become fanatics and they employ them. I've noticed this down through the last hundred odd years, especially from the Fabian side of things, the Fabian society, they pick the radical, those in their fringe groups. Albert Pike said the same thing in his talks to Mazzini, who took over from him. Uh, remember, Pike uh, was in charge of not only masonry across the world, he was in charge of the world revolutionary movement as well. And Mazzini took over the job from him, and uh, Pike told them that... Um, they would they would radicalize those in the fringe groups. Now, the fringe groups are those who have chips on their shoulder because they don't kind of fit in. And generally, there's no there's no group there to start with. You you make a group, you get them together, you radicalize them, and and you and you cater to the big chip on their shoulder. And that, that's for a long, long time. Even from when the Fabian Society started, they were bringing in lesbians at that time to enter politics because literally you'll never change their minds about anything. They, they'll get what they want or take the whole world with them. And that's a big thing through the 60s as well. And 70s, all the, the main people who were protesting everything and demanding everything too to bring in a communist type system were, were generally of that persuasion. I met quite a few of them in the music business because you had lots of parties and you were introduced to these people. And that's the type that they chose. I could go on about certain ones in power today, but I will not do so, even though I have the proof here. Now, the BBC and climate change, a triple betrayal. It's an article that came out uh, about uh, uh, they've been condemned now, the BBC. Now, the BBC, of course, is the biggest propagandist in Britain. Uh, they've helped to totally destroy culture with the trash they put on for entertainment. And they also are the leaders for all the global warming nonsense as well. This is in London, 8th of September, a new report published today by the Global Warming Policy Foundation, reveals that the BBC has failed in its professional duty to report accurately and objectively on the issue of climate change, one of the biggest scientific and political stories of our time. Written by Christopher Brooker, one of the UK's most seasoned journalists, the report critically reviews the BBC's coverage of climate change issues against its statutory obligation to report with due accuracy and impartiality. His report, The BBC in Climate Change, A Triple Betrayal, shows that the BBC has not only failed in its professional duty to report fully and accurately, it has betrayed its own principles in three respects. First, it has betrayed its statutory obligation to be impartial, using the excuse that any dissent from the official orthodoxy was so insignificant that it should just be ignored or made to look ridiculous. Second, it's betrayed the principle of responsible journalism by allowing its coverage to become so one-sided that it's too often amounted to no more than propaganda. Third, it has betrayed the fundamental principles of science, which relies on unrelenting skepticism towards any theory until it can be shown to provide a comprehensive explanation for the observed evidence. Above all, the BBC has been guilty of abusing the trust of its audience and of all those who are compelled to pay for it. Well, it's the taxpayers, it's all funded as a British, as an arm of the British government. But remember, too, the BBC was set up in the first place as a propaganda unit by the British government. In the time of World War I, they put up BBC radio, and uh, it was nothing but propaganda. That was its function. has never changed. 
So anyway, it's, it's talked, there's shameful and different, different comments here and, and so on but about it, so you can read it yourself. I'll put the link up at cuttingthroughthematrix.com and you can see it for yourselves. Another article from the Mail Online, the BBC, and an inconvenient truth about climate change, a devastating report lays bare the BBC's endemic bias on global warming. And then it goes on to David Attenborough. From his breathtaking footage of killer whales hunting in packs to the scenes of penguins swimming with ballistic grace under the sea ice, Sir David Attenborough's BBC series Frozen Planet has been acclaimed as perhaps the most riveting sequence of natural history programs ever produced. Well, it's all taxpayers' money. That's all these wonderful of natural, uh, National Geographic-type photographs, eh? Sophistication of photography, the extraordinary endeavour of the film crews to get the best shots of Sir David, uh, David's breathily authoritative commentary have had viewers entranced in their millions. That's what they do, they entrance you and feed you propaganda. Last night's was the final part of the landmark series and it set a very different tone from his usual celebration of the natural world. This was because Sir David and the BBC decided to use the last programme to put over a particular message that's become all too familiar from the corporation in recent years. And it says he used the awesome shots, the frozen polar waves, to hammer home his belief that the world is facing disaster from man-made global warming. He's also talked about drastically reducing the population, again, of humans and, and, and all that kind of stuff. They all say that, mind you, all these fanatics. Because they all belong to a very high organization, you understand. This is part of their agenda. So anyway, it says, in the short, it was a deeply disappointing end to the series, for it was the latest one of countless examples of how in recent years the BBC has chosen to make its coverage of one of the most crucial issues of our time quite deliberately, even defiantly, one-sided. So he ended with uh, his usual uh, spiel of propaganda. And then Dellingpole gets into it as well, and it's, it's quite interesting, this one here. Because, see, you, how you understand, you've got to understand, you, you, propaganda also works on your ignorance of things. If you don't know about something, you, you'll take these experts' views. And the television is a, a great medium for putting that. It's larger than life, in a sense. And uh, it, it really gets right into your mind. And there's no opposing views on television or characters to come along and, and oppose the main narrative there or give a different point of view. So you just swallow the one-sided report and think that's true. Or they'll show you photographs of something, and this concerns such a thing I'm about to read here, and uh, you're totally misled. It says here, today's endangered polar bear story du jour comes, you won't be at all surprised to hear from the BBC's news website. And it's called, an environmental photojournalist named Jenny E. Ross took a photograph of a polar bear eating a cub. And concluded, as, as of course any self-respecting environmental photojournalist would, that this was probably the result of climate change. You see? This type of intra-specific predation has always occurred to some extent, she told BBC News. So, if this has always occurred, it's, it's happened in ice ages and everything, obviously. But she says it's probably the result of climate change, right? However, there are increasing numbers of observations of it occurring, particularly on land where polar bears are trapped ashore, completely food-deprived for extended periods of time due to the loss of sea ice as a result of climate change. Don't you just love that having it both ways fudge, it says here. On the one hand, she concedes that polar bears have been doing it, this, this thing since time immemorial. On the other, for all that, it's just got to be climate change, hasn't it? Because, well, isn't it just about everything the result of climate change these days? Well, 
Well, it doesn't mention here. As polar bears, it doesn't say it's, 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 it's a mum, it doesn't say it's her cub. Polar bears, the males will go and eat anybody else's uh, little cubs, you see. That's just what they do. They've always done that. Bears do that kind of thing. If they find, if they go into a new territory and they find a cub walking around and it's not theirs, they'll eat it. You see? In fact, a lot of, in the animal world, if a new male moves in and defeats the, the, the male that was there already, and if the female is pregnant, she'll immediately abort so that she can have the, the offspring of the new champion. That's just the way life is. So, so that's how easily they can fill you by saying, oh, it's eating a cub because there's nothing else to eat. No, wouldn't matter how much there is to eat. They get rid of any, any competition that's going to grow up and take them on, basically. That's what happens. So easy, isn't it? So easy to con the people. But uh, everything's rather easy when it comes to propaganda. We're not too bright these days. We've lost a few points in IQ thanks to inoculations and the poisoned food. Back with more after this break. Hi folks, I'm back, cutting through the matrix. This article too is to do with vaccination. It's so important we all get vaccinated too, you know. Always, always has been since they kicked off the idea of depopulating, sterilizing, and causing autism, and dropping the IQ points. Giving everyone cancer is a big one too. All of the vaccines are contaminated, every last one of them. And it's from Salem News. It says the chief, this is from, this quote is from, uh, the former uh, Vice President of International Society for Cancer Research at the British Cancer Hospital. He says the chief, if not the sole cause of the monstrous increase in cancer, has been vaccination. There you go. So, here's Washington, D.C. Have you been rushing out to get your yearly flu vaccine or diligently taking your childhood for the 40, the children for the 40 or so mandated childhood vaccines? That's really a shame because you have unwittingly been trading a run-of-the-mill flu or just the measles for loading up on you, your, or your children's bodies with cancer and other deadly viruses, a destructive bacteria, a chemical selected to damage fertility, and with synthetic DNA that threatens to damage your own DNA, the biological code for your existence. Who is saying the vaccines are contaminated? None other than the now deceased head of the vaccines at Merck, Dr. Maurice Hillerman. There's some good uh, videos up there where he was interviewed. He was one of the top, he was the top, uh, basically, guy to deal with vaccines, all the vaccines that you know today. He was the guy who brought them out on behalf of Merck and other companies. So it says, who uh, admitted that Merck's hepatitis B vaccine uh, was contaminated with virus A and caused the AIDS epidemic in the U.S. He went on to say that uh, all of Merck's vaccines are contaminated with cancer and other viruses. The U.S. government has conceded that the HEB vaccine causes lupus. By the way, lupus is fairly common now even amongst men. It used to be women only at one time, but once you got the men into taking the vaccine, you get your first cases of male lupus, and it's very common now. That vaccine is mandated now for every infant in the U.S. on the day of birth and is associated with MS as well. Uh, The vaccine is mandated for every infant in the U.S. on the day of birth. For Jews who have almost religiously believed in medical authorities about vaccines and and the poo-pooed those worried about the safety of vaccines, they might want to notice that Hillerman was Jewish. 
this is the guy that's warning them. Or they might recognize that so is Dr. Larry Pilevsky, a board-certified New York pediatrician who for 10 years routinely gave vaccines to his patients until he noticed them losing eye contact. That's autism setting in, you see. And then began looking into the vaccines he had blindly trusted in. He found that they're all contaminated with viruses that are so small they can never be removed from the body. He no longer gives any vaccines. He now treats his young patients for autism and other neurological injuries from vaccines. Dr. W. Scott, the editor of the Journal of Degenerative Diseases and the co-founder of the Common Cause Medical Research Foundations, links vaccines to AIDS, as did Hillerman, and to U.S. bioweapons research, and says they are contaminated with mycoplasma, a primitive bacteria that takes apart cell walls. There's more to mycoplasma than that, by the way, because, you see, in World War II, Canada was the first country um, because we were, we were the leaders in viral and bacterial warfare in Canada to strip away the membrane, the cell membrane of bacterium, and they, they, they freeze them, fast free, froze the, the DNA nucleus. And, uh, and they also altered the nucleus to, to, to be even more. See, all life tries to cling to life. That's its prime drive. And so they actually uh, activated it to be even more aggressive and holding on to life. So they could freeze dry it, and they spread it over some Canadian places too. And it's a modern form of warfare. They still use that same technique. It comes into your body, it has no cell membrane, and it's now programmed. You can program the, the nucleus to invade your own cells. And what they do is they take over the cells, live inside your cells, and your own antibodies can't detect them because they're living inside your cells. Once they're in there, basically, as far as we know, you can't get rid of them. I'm sure at the top level, there's a cure for everything because, you see, when you alter a virus or bacterium, every single stage of the alteration for biowarfare must have an active working antidote. But they'll never give that to the public because they want you to die off, you see. So anyway, perhaps the highest scientific authority saying vaccines are contaminated is Garth Nicholson. He's a cell biologist and editor of the Journal of Clinical and Experimental Metastasis and the Journal of Cellular Biochemistry, one of the best scientists in the world, having published over 600 medical and scientific peer-reviewed papers, edited over 14 books, and served on the editorial boards of 20 medical and scientific journals. So uh, it's well known, basically, if you've read enough stuff over the years, what exactly has been going on. Plus, you know, they, they use a, you, when they grow these viruses, uh, to, uh, for, for uh, uh, injections, for inoculations and, and vaccines. When they grow them, they've got to use human, they like to prefer to use human tissue. They also use fetal tissue. So technically you're a cannibal because that's injected in your body. But, uh, uh, they also, they have to use human tissue. They used to use monkey tissue as well. Uh, but, uh, human tissue is better. And so they use cancer tumors, especially the, the HeLa, the HeLa cancer tumor from a woman, by the way, back in the 50s and 60s, I think it was, who died of one of the most aggressive forms of uh, cancer ever found. So aggressive, in fact, they can just feed it nutrients today. All the labs use them, and it keeps growing. I don't know. It definitely had to be altered by somebody, some big lab. But this stuff is amazing stuff. And once they got it all done, of course, they mush up in a blender, basically, and, and, and inject it into you with cancer cells and all. That's how hygienic... This wonderful science is. Your government's pushing on you. Back with more after this break.
You're listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network. Because you can handle the truth. Hi folks, I am Alan Watt. We're cutting through the matrix. In China, they're using tree rings. It's best, one of the best ways to see the natural cycles of, of temperature down through hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years. And it says a Chinese, in China, 2,485 year tree ring study shows natural cycles control climate. Temperatures may cool now till 2068. This is what they're claiming. But it's true that you see, these cycles uh, are so easy to see with the tree rings and, uh, and really, they're infallible. They're the, they're the obvious physical proof of how the temperature's been over the years. And you can count back the years with the, drink, with the rings. And um, you, you find, too, that uh, uh, solar cycles, basically, solar cycles, are, is, is what's responsible for warming. And then when they stop, uh, they're cooling, especially the, the sun spots and so on. Anyway, it says here, uh, a blockbuster Chinese study of the Tibetan tree rings by Louis et al. 2011 shows with detail that a modern era is a dog standard normal climate when compared to the last two and a half thousand years. The temperature, the rate of change, it's all been seen before. Nothing about the current period is abnormal. Indeed, the current warming period in Tibet can be produced through calculation of cycles. Louis et al. do a Fourier analysis on the underlying cycles and do brave predictions as well. And to bet it was all, it was about the same temperature on at least four occasions, same temperatures as today, back in late Roman times. And this is then again in the Dark Ages, and it says blame the collapse of industry, which there was none, of course. Then the Middle Ages, the Vikings, you know, then the modern times, well, blame the rise of industry. Clearly these climate cycles have nothing to do with human civilization. Their team finds natural cycles of many different lengths are at work. Two to three years, 100 years, 199 years, 800 years, and 1,324 years. The cold periods are associated with sunspot cycles. What we are not used to seeing are brave scientists willing to publish exact predictions of future temperatures for 100 years that include rise and falls. Apparently it will cool till 2068, then warm again, though not to the same warmth as 2006 levels. Uh, now some will argue that skeptics scoff at tree rings, and we do sometimes, especially ones based on the wrong kind of tree, like the bristle cone, or ones based on small samples like the Yamal, ones with aberrant statistical tricks that produce the same curve regardless of the data, and especially ones that truncate data because it doesn't agree with the thermometers placed near air conditioner outlets. They give, make a little quip there at all the, the stuff from uh, the, the scandalous emails that came out to do with uh, East Angla University. But anyway, I'll put this link up tonight and you, you can go through it. Uh, there's other links to the bottom of it to tell you about the temperatures were medieval times, etc., etc., etc. Nothing new. Now, I've mentioned before how an elite run the world. They always, they always have, and they're intergenerational. Uh, they're brought up in a completely different, with a different mindset than you'll ever have, because you can't imagine it even, because they're taught from birth, really, the reality of life and the, the fact that their own parents and grandparents and great-grandparents run the world. You can imagine how heady that is. And then you're taught a little bit of how the people down below you, the, you'll see, um, you know, the masses, how they're taught and what they believe in and how you've taught them to believe in a different way of life and all the rest of it, different moralities, etc. 
And I've often mentioned that you go through the history of kings and queens and it's anything but a, a wonderful marriage uh, from one to the other. They're really just marriages of convenience and convenience for the offspring. That was the main thing. It didn't matter if the guy was homosexual or whatever. He'll, he'd get drunk for a night and, and, and do his best and uh, then go off and play with the page boy like King James did. So this one here is about uh, Dominique Strauss-Kahn, you see who belongs to a particular group. Uh, you can do your own homework, and you'll find it's very common amongst that group. And he says, it says here, D.K.S.K. was treated like the Messiah at orgies. See, they have orgies and stuff at the top. They've always had orgies at the top, where they tell you to be good at the bottom. And at one time they told you to be good and get married and behave yourselves and just love each other and, and be, you be, you know, um, don't be promiscuous. Well, they, they danced on like this. Nothing new about it. And, of course, the boys at the top get incredible drugs to really turn them on. They've got, they've got drugs that are not available to the public. And um, they're, they're always um, rampantly horny, you might say. And, uh, and they have very, various proclivities as well. Anything goes. You cannot, at the top, you can't have any, any um, what, what do you call it? You can't be shy about things or, or preferences. You've got to take it all in, you see, to show that you're really one of them. Same with the ones who are picked, as I mentioned earlier, uh, that lead to the left-wing women's groups. Uh, they generally have a, a particular fascination with something, and generally themselves, and they, they also sometimes do both, just to, just to show you how, how they have no hang-ups. That's a vital part of it. Some of them told me that, that, that I met at different parties. I thought, oh, wow. Anyway, DSK was treated like the Messiah de Orgies, a prostitute who slept with him the night before his arrest in New York. So what you're going to hear here is nothing unusual with these characters. They're all the same at the top. Even Canada for the G20 in that, the higher, and then the G8 and all the, the various Gs, you know, all the, oh, the, the G-men, uh, the, 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 the government of Canada hires prostitutes for all the incoming parties. We pay for all them to have these orgies and stuff, you know. Why? Because, you see, we're schmucks. Anyway, it says here, sex-obsessed former IMF chief Dominique Strauss-Kahn was treated like the Messiah who had arrived at orgies a prostitute who took part in his group sex sessions has revealed. Now, as I say, they're on amazing drugs that you'll never get a hold of. Uh, a lot of them are made in Israel, by the way, but uh, you'll never get a hold of these drugs that really uh, make them up. Apparently, it's way beyond cocaine and so on, you know. The vice girl named Jade praised the shamed 62-year-old economist for his courtesy and respect during the sleazy swingers' parties. So she's obviously out for more employment. She couldn't say anything bad about it. The Belgian hooker also told how she had sex with Strauss-Kahn on the night before he was arrested for trying to rape a New York hotel chambermaid on May the 14th. And she said the world's former top banker even invited her to his offices at the headquarters of the International Monetary Fund in Washington, D.C. These are the sleaze bags that run the world, folks. Now, the International Monetary Fund is not there to help third world countries. Their job is to go in and indebt those countries. And then when they can't pay it back, they get either a general to overthrow them and get a dictatorship in. And then they bring in the big multinational corporations who get incredibly cheap labor and they plunder the place. That's what it's for. The IMF also is a vital part of the World Bank. Same characters, same creeps, of course. Uh, some of them are even related to each other. And you'll, you'll find, too, that um, 
The Bank of International Settlements is a vital part of it too, because the Royal Institute of International Affairs said that a long time ago that the BIS would, would control all the central banks, the private banks in the planet, because basically they own them all. Anyway, her claims came after Strauss can confess taking part in orgies, but said he never realized enough that the female participants were being paid for sex. That's because guys at his level, you see, expect them all to be paid for sex. He doesn't have to pull a wallet. He probably doesn't even carry a wallet or a credit card. doesn't have to. His handlers make sure he's got everything he wants. It's all they don't. So Jade 29 spoke of Strauss Kahn's love of orgies in a lurid interview today with the French newspaper Nord Eclair. And it says she agreed that the man once tipped as an ex-president of France may not have known he was having sex with call girls. Yeah, right. Like he was so charming and wonderful that they threw themselves at him everywhere he went. You understand, these characters all down through the ages have been doing the same thing. Same thing. They don't have the morals that they make the people down below them follow. These creeps. And um, they have no hang-ups on anything. They're psychopathic by nature. They're interbred that way, you see. They pass it on. But they, they live on sensuality, like all psychopaths do. And um, they have no qualms about anything at all. That's why they can lie straight to the face of cameras and things and never blush. She said most of the, the people at these evenings would have probably thought the participants were all just consenting adults. Well, how many parties have you been at where everybody just takes their clothes off and has an orgy? Hmm? You understand, these, these guys were way ahead of all the rock stars with the little petty do's, highly publicized and often laid on just for the PR stuff for the, for the media. These guys are way ahead of them, always have been, having the real big orgies. And they have children too, of course. And that's okay, no one, no cops come near them. I must say I found DSK to be very pleasant and overly polite. That's what Malachi Martin said about people who are perfectly possessed. He says, you meet most of them at the top. Each encounter with them was mutually respectful. I've always ensured I am seen as a woman and not an object. When people respect each other, nothing bad happens, she says. They might snuff a few children, of course. I just added that part on. But that's okay. They'll photograph that and make a profit on it as they pass it around between each other. She spoke of the atmosphere at one orgy that was packed with well-known people at Paris's four-star Murano Hotel. Interesting name as they waited for DSK to arrive. She added everyone was saying he's on his way. I asked who they meant. As I had not heard of him at the time. They all seemed to be waiting for Dominique, like the rival of the Messiah. And it says, when he turned up, everyone was, as usual, very admiring of him. Well, they have to be. This is the kingpin who can float or sink countries, you know. He always had a certain charisma about him. Honora, uh, says, although that session had very little contact with him. Another prostitute named Florence said she took part in 11 orgies over six years with the former banker. And the 30-year-old, these evenings, DSK had sex with every girl in the room. I mean, they're giving these amazing drugs, amazing drugs, you know, and this go berserk. I'm not saying, and they have all these, these helpers too, if they do go berserk, to make sure that they're taken home quietly and all that and doesn't get into the media. I'm not saying he raped me, but I got the feeling that he liked rough sex. He says, being engulfed in a tide of sex scandals is being accused of attempting to rape U.S. chambermaid Nifasato Diallo in May. The charges were eventually dropped near returned to France, where he escaped more accusations of trying to rape writer Tristan Bannon eight years ago. Many he's got very good lawyers as well. The accusations were also dropped. He was then named as a client of a sprawling vice network operating out of a five-star hotel in Lille, northern France. 
He was he has admitted to having an uninhibited but legal sex life, but he but he says uninhibited but legal sex life. But he said he never paid for his sex and had a horror of prostitutes and pimps. What a joker, eh? What a joker. He is demanded to be interviewed to clear his name of malicious insinuation that he paid for. So his big thing is he's trying to say he didn't pay for his sex. He was too big and high and mighty to pay for sex. He was also quizzed by police five years ago in Paris Park in a, in a, a notorious uh, haunt for transvestite prostitutes. I guess you get kind of bored seeing the same kind of, you know, body parts all the time. But anyway, that's just how they are at the top, folks. And these are the characters who destroy worlds, destroy nations, plunder them, get wars going, and put uh, countries into utter poverty across the third world. And they, by, by God, they get their cash multiple times over. And also, you're the taxpayers assigned down by your governments to get money to the IMF, you know, uh, when these little countries, the third world countries, are broke. Wonderful system, isn't it? And you thought Caligula was bad. <laughs> oh, dear, dear. But um, here, too, Jerry Sandusky, uh, the, the guy who's been up in the news recently, for having his fun with little boys, was arrested Wednesday again at his home in State College, Pennsylvania, on new sexual abuse charges involving boys. And it says that uh, he was arrested because more young guys have come forward to tell they were also uh, not, not just seduced but molested. But it seemed that he was also grooming them. That's what they do. They come in and they groom them gradually, just like Plato advised one of the guys how to do it. There's a technique. They like the challenge. You know, pervs like the challenge of what they call seduction. But it's actually, how can you seduce a young person eh, who's looking up to you as a kind of hero-type figure? These are the creeps that... Uh, these are the creeps that run the world, folks. And um, that's why I say there really is, is nothing you're going to do to change anything. Uh, society itself now is corrupted terribly by them through Hollywood, the media, uh, and, every, and their daily entertainment now. Uh, and so there's, there's not much to come back. You know, I've always said if, if it was Jesus Christ there watching and waiting to come back, I think he'd just give up. He says nothing, there's nothing worth coming back to save in this place. Think about it. Now, fascism, again, is generally the, the, the intertwining or merging of big corporations and government. And technically, as I said, it's not as communist or fascist. They're all fascists, basically. And all, they all use the same techniques of rulers, ruling the people. And even the Soviet Union, the big corporations were in there from the very beginning and all through the whole Soviet era. Anyway, it says between 2008 and 2010, 30 big corporations spent more lobbying Washington for contracts, and they paid in income taxes. There's nothing new in that at all. It says today, thousands of 99 percenters will march in K Street, Washington, D.C., as part of an action called Take Back the Capital, taking aim at the lobbying firms that corporate interests use to influence the federal government. A report released this month by Public Campaign demonstrates just how important it is for Americans to battle corporate special interests and reclaim our democracy. The group's research finds that third big 30 big corporations actually spent more money lobbying the federal government between 2008 and 2010 than they spent in taxes. For example, General Electric, by the way, General Electric and all these big ones, I think they're actually owned by um, Goldman Sachs. 
This is one of the top 10 most profitable companies in the world. Got a net tax rebate of $4.7 billion during this period. Meanwhile, it spent $84 million lobbying the federal government. Not bad, you get a tax rebate, but you spend $84 million lobbying the federal government to get what you want. And it gives you the full list of the 30 corporations identified and what they paid in federal taxes as opposed to what they paid for lobbying. And uh, it's well worth looking up. It's got links on it too. Now, China, uh, because the West now is falling apart uh, cash-wise, we've got too many wars to fight for, for another country. And uh, China warns of severe challenges to exports from China to the West. They're going to set their sights now on up-and-coming nations that we're all paying for under all the treaties we've signed. We to, even though we're going down the tubes through the World Trade Organization, we've signed so many treaties that we've got to pay money to help these third-world countries come up to emerging nation status, like you've got India and other countries in Brazil. Well, we're paying for all that, folks. Just just think of that as somewhere, somebody somewhere is going to get you know good food and a good home and a nice way of life because of your generosity as you go into drastic austerity. But it says, um, China faces severe challenges to its exports due to economic difficulties in key Western markets. In other words, we can't afford to buy their goods, the country's commerce ministry has warned. And they're going to release some more data on Saturday to show a sharp slowdown in export growth in November, the ministry said. And they expect this to carry on for a whole year or even longer. And so they're going to shift all the exports that are coming in to, say, America, North America, and to Latin America and elsewhere. Plus, they've also signed treaties with the new Latin American bloc countries. And, of course, Latin American bloc countries can buy that stuff through the money we're giving them through our tax money, through our treaties. Isn't that a great deal, eh? Dominic Strauss can must be laughing up his sleeve. Back with more after this break. Hi folks, I'm Alan Watt. We're back cutting through the matrix and just got time to go to a caller. So I'll take Sean from New York who's been hanging on there. Are you there, Sean? Yeah, how you doing, Alan? Not bad at all. Yeah, I was um listening on what you're saying and I just have I have um a question I wanna ask you. Like I know um you know about the uh, with the military and how they can just come come into America and just take people out of their homes and do whatever they want and yeah. I just want, it's, it's, it's so crazy how can you, like, they can just do that. They just, they have more power than the policemen. Because, mm-hmm. um, it, it, it could be anything. You can get into an argument with a military person. They have the power just to, um, to beat you down or take you custody or whatever they want to do with you. They don't have to go through trial. They don't want to get anything against them. And I feel like this is like people need to wake up because once that happens, you have no power to fight back. I mean, you can fight back, but, I mean, the, the, the law is they, 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 they're able to do this to you. They're able to either shoot you, kill you, or whatever they want to do because they're not going to trial for it. That's right. It's like they're above the law. Well, well they are. That's just it. You see, uh, they went through that thing from 9-11 onwards, uh, give up your, your, your freedom for security. And I've often said if, if you have no freedom, you have no security. And, and that's, that's, the big, that's the big truth of it all. Because uh, they planned this a long time ago. You are in a police state now. 
I'll put up a link tonight where some anonymous group has put up one for the police and the military to listen to, and they're telling them to come out of the fascist police state that you're now under. Uh, don't be part of this. Don't turn on the public, because that's exactly what they've been training them for years to do. The big boys planned this 30 years ago, you know, and uh, uh, they knew they'd get to this phase and you are going to see, in my opinion, a horror show. A horror show is going to break out, I've no doubt whatsoever, inside the United States. Yeah. See, I, I want to prevent this. See, I'm not the type of person that want to be controlled. I don't, I don't, I don't want, I don't want to be controlled. I want to have power for myself. Mm-hmm. And people should, and people should have power for this. So they shouldn't be controlled by anyone else, by psychological warfare and just being controlled, manipulated, doing things they don't need to do. See, most people is doing things they want to do instead they need to do. That's why they're being controlled. Yeah. They want to be happy. They need to be happy, but they they also give away their freedom for their happiness, and that's wrong. That's when you you're doing wrong. Mm-hmm. And I heard you listen. I heard you saying about how they um these these the higher up is taking these drugs that's that's that's, that's basically enhancing their body, like, and the public is not um is is not um giving it because. It's, it's 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 some it's some type of it's some type of enhancement that um helps the body or it just um it makes the person aroused. They take the old- oh yeah, they they can put them into a uh, what they do is it, it targets a part of the brain that makes them more aggressive uh, and at the same time very sexual. It turn it turns them on. It's a switch basically. It, it turns them on like a switch. Yeah. So do, do these drugs do they harm them in any way? Because you know how cocaine eventually harms you and heroin it harms you, but do these drugs harm them? No, because it works on a different principle. They're very specific drugs, and they go into uh, a, a big part of modern high medicine now is to, to go into um, the switch chains in the brain. They can actually switch centers of the brain on and off. It's called epigenetics, epigenetics. And uh, these are much more advanced, so they can actually switch them on for a period of time and off again too. And, and they can actually switch them on permanently as well if they want to. So uh, it's, they're much more advanced drugs. But plus two, by the way, uh, they have all the, the, real, the real antidotes and cures for all VDs and syphilis and HIV at the top. They have no fear whatsoever at the top. Yeah, one more question, oh. Alan, before we, um, before we go. I've seen um, the Space Odyssey movie. Yeah. And I just want to know you, um, I just want to know an answer on what you think about that plaque. I want to know what is that plaque? Where did it come from? What did, they, did it come from? That the plaque itself is, is a type of obelisk, and uh, it's, it's, it's uh, rectangular. They call it the square. It's a Masonic symbol, and um, it, against the black one, it's the jade one. Actually, you'll find one inside the meditation room at the United Nations. But you also see the United Nations building that also represents the, the, their hope of the future. The building itself is the same shape, black and all. But that, that's what it is. But I might go into that some other time. From Hamish Myself, Frontier Canada, it's good night. May your God or your God's go with you.